stands The dice rule every random chance Take off your coat and stay a while We'll roll in that deep percent time Hi everyone, I've been holding on to these call-ins for a long time. I've got a great number to get through. I don't know if I'm going to do them in a few episodes or whether I'll do one big bumper episode, which you can <laughs> either listen to or not, as you'd like. Um, but I'm just going to dive into them now, I think. Hey Dave, this is Rob from Confessions of a Wee Timorous Bushy. Thanks so much for episode 156. Yeah, the nostalgia, I understand the feelings... Um, that you're you're um, implying there, it's it's uh, something you just can't recapture some things. And uh, I've been trying to get my old gaming group back together. We're all scattered across the world now, and it's it's um, something I still want to do. But it's it will be different no matter how we put it together. It's just the nature of things, you know. But I think within that there's something new waiting to be discovered so yeah pursuing nostalgia or pursuing the past isn't healthy but it's not necessarily a bad thing to revisit it and then find something new also i I agree with you with regards to citadel of chaos and firetop mountain in that they they do have these wacky creatures and it can seem very much out of place but this i think this does have a place and it does serve um, a function or has a role within fantasy in that you don't have to have a logic necessarily there can be there can be the sense of Alice in Wonderland you know of going into another world where things don't necessarily make sense but they're presented to you in in the flesh or in raw um, contradictory fashion and you just got to roll with it, so that's kind of a fun thing. Also, also yes, Death Trap Dungeon does justify itself. It does have an internal logic, and that's probably why it's the most um, uh, good, <laughs> decent dungeon. And now your comment that your children find it a bit scary to to die within fighting fantasy game books is interesting because. I've been listening to you and also um, Shay on uh, Roleplay Rescue and seeing how we can get younger people involved in role-playing games. And in one of my podcasts, I was talking about how we can use Fighting Fantasy as a gateway for them to learn how to play the game and how to get used to you know adversity uh, within the tougher games. But yeah, maybe it's not right for everybody and maybe i was thinking perhaps role-playing games such as 5e should be presented with different difficulty levels is that possible i mean you have a a sense of that i mean it seems to be very much set to easy level but there's uh things in the dmg where you can add more challenge any any ideas on that anyway thanks very much bye-bye now sorry yeah just one more thing so if we if we do if there was a role playing game where it came with different levels of difficulty uh, such as you might find in say Skyrim or a computer game role, computer role playing game of uh, you know these days well um what does that say about fighting fancy and our past well you know thinking back 
when we had role playing, uh, when we play, had computer games, they were usually quite difficult. You know, the old games, you died really easily, and that's reflected in fighting fantasy as well. Everything, perhaps, um, the games back then, everything was uh, presented as being a difficulty to be overcome. You know, and a, and a challenge, and that's not the assumption today. Perhaps, maybe. People want um, a more passive uh, form of entertainment, and that's why things are set to the the bar is set a little bit lower. But yeah, there you go. What do you think? Thanks very much, Menion. Yeah, lots here. I'm, I'm I think I'll just pick up on two things. Um, one is on uh, death. <laughs> a little bit of a character death controversy going on as I record this. I don't know when I'm actually going to get to put this episode out. It might take me ages to put it together. Uh, but listening to, <laughs> to to Spencer, my recent episodes talking about the uh, the untimely death of Shadrach in our Dark Sun game. I don't think it, it takes modifying the rules that much. When I play with the kids, they're used to computer games Lots of computer games have this when you're in a group. And when you die in a combat, you just fall down. We call it falling down when we're playing. Nobody dies in a combat, they fall down. And that's only a bad thing. I remember loads of games do it. Um, Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic, I remember. I always used to, <laughs> always found it, find it quite jarring and unrealistic. But nevertheless, providing not everybody went down in the combat... Does Dragon Age do it as well? I don't know which games do it. Loads of games do it. But uh, yeah, characters fall down. They're out for the combat. But providing you don't have a total party kill, the ones who went down just get up again <clears throat> afterwards. And that that's sufficient. There is peril there because if the whole party goes down, um, that's still game over. They understand game over. <laughs> um, but it takes away some of the, some of the pain of... of uh, of character death and that's enough so I introduce that it doesn't matter what I'm playing I introduce just that one ruling that uh, providing not everybody goes down the ones that went down can just get up again after the fight excuse me stopping and start and I keep having to cough uh, I, I this time of year pretty much the whole all year now from but certainly uh, February March April into May time my hay fever is terrible particularly in the evenings get really wheezy i keep having to stop the recording to cough information that you probably didn't need um but the other thing was going to be about yeah games with different levels of difficulty i mean actually i was involved in the play testing for dnd next as we called it for fifth edition and um and there was big talk there about fifth edition being modular it's going to be modular people are just pieced together in and out of the rules now some of that some of that came up in the optional extras you've got in the Dungeon Master's Guide. But it didn't really come out. The Player's Guide didn't really come out looking modular. I felt a bit cheated. Well, I don't know what I was really expecting. But, but I was expecting for the game to have all these different swappable parts, which didn't really, despite the, uh, the options you've got in DMG, that, di- that didn't really turn out. But actually, I think... Um, maybe they did have more of that in mind because you'll know if you've been listening to the worms, there's a there's a sort of a worm thing instigated by Colin <clears throat> to just play fifth edition, just using the basic rules. 
um, and playing that very stripped down version, which if you look at the basic rules and the way they're presented, you you can almost see that was a that was a deliberate intention that the, that you would have a, a complete game there and you'd build those other things in. So I think some games do that. They offer you these different layers of complexity. You know, you can play it this way and if you want it, you can add that in and add that in. But yeah, I I just suppose the hardest thing I had with role playing wasn't the rules it was just the whole concept it was the whole concept of what this is um and i wasn't introduced to it by somebody else who knew what they were doing so so i was having to discover with a group of friends what this what this kind of activity was what the interaction was supposed to be i think once you've grasped that um the rules themselves uh aren't necessarily that that complex um yeah, but so I don't I don't know what else I have to say about that apart from that we were promised I remember that fifth edition when it turned up was going to be this wonderful modular thing and it didn't really turn out that way. But thanks very much, many on do like to get the call-ins. Appreciate that. Who we got next? Goblin's henchman. Hi Dave, Goblin's henchman here. Just a quick word on saving throws. I know I seem to be in a minority here, but I I like the. Uh, slightly obtuse uh, inexplicability of some things in gaming so I think saving throws are one of those things I like the fact that you know some things aren't necessarily logical um, and it in introduces a level of uh, uncertainty into it um, I like for example I don't like Thacko because I think it turns everything into a mathematical puzzle rather than like what's the table and you know I ribbed you about this on my own pub podcast but uh things like um uh, different level progressions you know why do magic users progress slower than say fighters i like that too um now you know things like as long as it doesn't slow the game down as long as it's you know if you write saving throw in your character sheet or your thaco numbers along the bottom if you like if you want to call it that and you're you know those things don't slow it down so i'm okay yeah that's as much as i've got of that one don't know where it was going to go next uh what can i say Takes all sorts, I suppose. <laughs> Cheers for the call in. Hey, Dave. It's Hobbs. Hey, man. Where's my Malazan talk? Jeez, it's like I gotta pull people's teeth to have people talk about that. In a quarter mile, turn left onto Fairview Drive. I really want someone to come on my show and do a Malazan Book of the Fallen review with me to talk about the whole setting or have a whole new show or something. Anyway, second of all, I got to talk about saving throws, man. So I think all these things are correct. It does feel arbitrary. It was important to them at the time. Um, it makes sense that we can choose them to work the way that we want them to. But I think it's fun to roll under abilities and above. I don't. I like just this obscure esoteric formulaic stuff that we're doing when we look through our books to find these i've been playing a lot of second edition lately and really seeing it anyway love saves love you later jason hobbs thanks for the call in you'll get your you'll get your malazan episode actually i'm holding in my hand it's my easter holiday i have finally got to my second Malazan book, although it says in the intro, actually, this isn't really Malazan. It's in the same world, but it's nowhere near the Malazan Empire. But it is the first collected tales of Bauchelaine and Corbel Brooch, um, collecting together uh, Blood Follows, Lisa Laughter's End, and The Healthy Dead. I've read Blood Follows. 
Um, and when I've read the whole lot, I will say something about them and the book that you sent me as well. Yeah, on the esoteric nature of saving throws. Yeah, Goblin's Henchman is obviously not alone in that. And I can see something to it. I kind of think if you're, if you're in for ODD and BX, then maybe, I don't know, maybe you just need to make a little bit of effort to, to come up with ways of using the saving throws. I mean, I certainly think, I'm looking through my old school essentials book, Pages and Pages of Monsters. All right for characters. Do the monsters each need five saves? Most of the spells that characters are going to use on them just use a spell save. Maybe characters will occasionally use poison, but I don't think it comes up that regularly. I think at least the monsters could do without five saves, couldn't they? And that would save a whole great chunk of the rule book. Um, but certainly when I'm putting together scenarios for Old School Essentials, I'm always looking for nifty ways of using the saves um, and nifty justifications for why this should be a save versus paralysis or or whatever else. I kind of think that's that's what you're in for. So I'm in agreement with you there. I just think, well, obviously, if I was if I was building it from scratch, which I recently did, uh, for me, Dark Sun game, I don't need the five saves. Thanks for the call in. You'll, you'll get your Malazan episode. I don't think I know Stephen Erickson well enough um, to, to talk about his whole oeuvre, but definitely these two characters I'm very much enjoying. I'll catch you soon. Thanks for sending the book. Hey, Dave, Jason here. If I didn't, I think I said so, but the Kumite rules were really good. I really enjoyed them, and I look forward to seeing those as they maybe get fleshed out a little bit. I don't I don't think they were too complicated. I think you have to have the investigation in there too. I think it just if you're holding Kumite, you need to accept it's gonna be a four hour session or whatever. You know, it's gonna be a little bit longer session because it's a tournament and it's a special occasion. So I, I wouldn't let the time thing bug you too much. It's just that's just a game you have to start earlier. You know, and just let everybody know, hey, this is gonna be a little bit longer session. And then like we talked about a couple of things, like the player characters could face off against each other in the first round or maybe in the second round, I don't know. But but overall, I really enjoyed the rules. I thought they were well done. And yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. You did a great job. And um, you, you, know, you should be proud. It was, it, was, it was a great session. Thank you for running it. Hey, Dave, just listen to Purple Worm. And I know you got multiple podcasts and homeschooling and all kinds of stuff going on. You're a busy guy. Mud Harbor scene, but in addition to the Ninja episode, if you run out of things to talk about, witches and RPGs would definitely be a cool topic, and, and obviously you're, you know, well, um, <laughs> I'm not talking well, am I? I? Obviously you're well versed in the subject, so I would be interested to hear your thoughts on it. Cheers, Jason. So there is still an episode, a Ninja episode, with your request at the start of it, um, just really keen to do it justice, and yeah, yeah, <laughs> which is definitely. But again, oh, I feel a bit of pressure for it to be really good. Uh, maybe ninjas and witches. Anyway, I'm I'm sure. Watch this space. I'm sure the ninjas will emerge at some point. Actually, this is a good, this is as good as a, a time as any to mention a game which I will do an episode on at some point. What's it called? I'm not going to be able to remember the name now. Um, Sonya and Conan versus the Ninjas. 
or Sonia and Conan against the ninjas. It's only been out a couple of days. Came up on my feed and I immediately pinged out to everybody that, I thought, that, that knew me. Why have you not told me this exists? Had, uh, you better not have known this existed. I mean, how good is that? Sonia and Conan against the ninjas. It's brilliant. And when I've got the game, I had to get it on itch. Uh, it's, a, it's a collaborative storytelling game. I've already played it with the kids. Um, I'm going to do an episode. It's brilliant. Um, but just spot on. I mean, my love of sword and sorcery and ninjas. And then I didn't know what I was getting. I thought I was getting yet another sort of OSRE sword and sorcery type heartbreaker. And and not it's it's basically like if you've if you've played any of these storytelling games like Universalis. I've tried to play Universalis with the family, but there's too much passing around of beads and too many rules for how to pass the story and take over the story. Whereas this is a really, it basically is Universalis, but it's really, really beautifully designed and light. And I can't say enough good things about it. And I will do a whole episode at some, at some point. That was a digression. Yes, the Kumite. So I'm thinking I probably didn't do the Kumite justice when I mentioned that in an episode. And I was thinking that'd be another good episode to go through the rules for the Kumite. But if you have backed Mud Harbour, you will see the Kumite rules because it is one of my... I'm glad that I've playtested it. I'm pretty confident about it. And it is one of the uh, Kung Fu dungeons. Tim Schultz of Gothard Manor says, I can't wait to see a Kung Fu dungeon. What's a Kung Fu dungeon? Well, Kung Fu dungeon is sometimes not a dungeon. <laughs> sometimes it's a Kumite. Um, but you will see those. So Mud Harbour, I think we've had to make a hard decision about Mud Harbour. I'm hoping we'll still fulfil by August, but my original plan was to obviously not send out the PDFs until the paper copy backers had got their paper copies. So it feels nice and special to have the zine in your hands. But I'm thinking uh, to make sure that people get something reasonably soon, that we're going to have to send the PDFs out ahead of the paper copies because in the current uh, situation, I don't know when I'm going to be able to get to the post office. Printing arrangements have had to shift. I'm hoping we can still fulfil when we said we would. Um, but uh, but my own plan had been to send the PDFs out afterwards, and it looks like they'll probably go out first, so that people can actually have the uh, have the materials in some form. So yes, so more on the Kumite to come, and uh, watch this space for a ninja episode as well. Thanks for the call in, Jason. Appreciate that. All right, so I finally got some call ins. That's not the bumper episode. I warned about, uh, but I really have broken the back of it. I've managed to get everything else organised. I've got loads of response to my editing rant, sort of rant. Uh, that's an episode. Uh, a bunch of interest in the Dark Sun stuff. I'm really pleased that's captured people's imaginations. Lots of lots lots to talk about there. Can can expect a few more episodes, I think, on what I'm doing with the Dark Sun game and then a few things on home score obviously the response to Jonah's little episode so you've got all that to come meanwhile I'm going to say thanks again for the call-ins keep them coming in I love to get them even if it takes me a while to get around to responding to them so thanks to Menian of Confessions of a Wee Timorous Bushy Goblin's Henchman of the podcast of the same name the legendary anchorite Jason Hobbs and of course Jason of Nerds RPG Variety Cast I'll catch you all soon. I had to re-record that bit because I'd called Jason the other Jason. Jason, I know I get your surname wrong on occasion, but you are very much not 
my other Jason. <laughs> Cheers for all the call-ins. I'll catch you soon. Thank you for listening. If you'd like to contact Dave, please leave a message on Anchor, email dpercentile at gmail.com, or find him on Twitter at d underscore percentile.